In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Pride of America, a Norwegian cruise line ship based in Hawaii year-round. Also, Stuart, she on the cruise guy here in just a couple of minutes with Cruise News. Before we get any further, I want to dedicate today's show to my buddy Jeff Samuelson. He was on a 10-night cruise in the Mediterranean, and they found him unresponsive, and he didn't make it. So, uh, Jeff, this one's, this one's for you, buddy. It's weird. You do something for eight years, like I've been doing cruise radio. You meet some cool people. You meet them all over the world. We've had dinner together. We've sailed together. We've flown on airplanes together. Whatever, you know, and people you meet have this lasting impression on your life. And Jeff was one of the good ones out there. And so, um, Jeff, oh, we're going to miss you, buddy. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is here with Cruise News. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Doug. Uh, very sorry to hear about the loss of your friend. If you're going to go, you might as well go doing what you love, right? Yeah, well, going at sea and, uh, you know, being with family and friends is... Uh it's, it's way too soon. Sorry, yeah. I'm, you know, it's just terrible. Right to the cruise news. Carnival Cruise Line announced they're going to debut a Dr. Seuss-themed water park on, on Carnival Horizon. Yeah, that's uh, going to be very exciting. Uh, it, you know, the 133,500-ton ship uh, with 3,934 passengers uh, will debut uh, April 2nd in Europe in 2018. And as you know, uh, Dr. Seuss and Carnival Cruise Line have had a very successful partnership over the last few years. And it looks like they're taking it in a whole new direction where, if you remember, you know, the, the water attractions, uh, you know, Dr. Seuss attractions of at Universal Studios, well, now Carnival, Corp, uh, Carnival Cruise Line is actually taking it to sea. And uh, they're really expanding on the, the relationship that they have. And so they're going to have the Dr. Seuss Waterworks which uh, they're, using, they're calling this a vibrant water park inspired by the whimsical world <laughs> and words of the legendary children's author. Uh, so that really, uh, it really says a lot, especially with a uh, cruise line that carries uh, almost 800,000 kids a year. If you want to see the slide renderings and the dump bucket and all that, check out the, sh- uh, the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Moving on here to Norwegian Cruise Line, they just detailed entertainment uh, on Norwegian Bliss that's coming out in 2018. What do we hear? Well, they announced the Tony Award-winning Best Musical, Jersey Boys, hmm. which uh, I-, I think is going to be a-, a huge hit because that was a humongously successful yeah. uh, Broadway show. Cool. What else? Well, they announced that they're also going to have Alibi, which is a reimagined comedy and nightclub, and uh, it will feature sets of some of the most uh, popular stand-up comedians. And then at night, it, it'll uh, then transform into a, a nightclub late at night, and uh, they'll have uh, you know two comedy performances uh, each week, and they'll also have an opportunity to essentially travel back in time to January of 1919 on the eve of the Prohibition era, and they're going to have a new show called Happy Hour Prohibition, the musical. Fun. Norwegian Cruise Line also announced they are rolling out lifeguards fleet-wide by 2018, following the lead of Disney and Royal Caribbean. Do you think they're doing this because of outside pressure? Well, I mean, there's a little bit of pressure. I, I don't think, you know, very much, Doug. Um, I'm not, I, I don't think it's it's the greatest idea, because you have parents that are, not paying obviously not paying attention enough to their kids as it is, 
And now with the lifeguards, it just provides irresponsible parents or aloof parents with uh, more of an excuse to, to attempt to hold the cruise lines responsible for watching their kids. We know that uh, you know lifeguards are not foolproof. Uh, Disney, after, you know, Disney's had lifeguards at Castaway Key forever. You know, when they announced that they were going to have it on board uh, the Disney ships, uh, they did have a, a gentleman who drowned at the uh, at the private island. I mean, uh, you know, it, it it does happen. It's it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, now I could see mom take mom and dad, you know, in the casino or taking a nap or watching a movie and not wanting to be bothered. The little kids want to go swimming. And then the parents attempt to deflect responsibility to the cruise lines by telling you know their little kids, sure, go to the pool, but make sure you listen to the lifeguard. I don't have kids, Stuart, so I definitely can't speak on this, but you have two kids. As a parent, how were you personally when your kids went to swim in the cruise line pool? Very watchful. I yeah. mean, they were never out of sight. We were always with them at all times, either me or and or my wife. Uh, I would have never... Um, you know, it, you do get caught in conversations, but uh, my, my two eyes were always focused on, on my kids when uh, we were at the pool together. Royal Caribbean, their first cruise to Cuba is officially underway. Any word on how that's going? I, I hear it's going great. Uh, they had a wonderful reception in Havana. Uh, they had a lot of uh, people that were uh, reuniting family members. Uh, you know, keep in mind, it's hard to believe, Doug, but it's it's been a year mm-hmm. since cruising uh, between the United States and Cuba has resumed. It's great that Royal Caribbean uh, has has done it. Um, Empress uh, of the Seas uh, is has a special place in my heart because uh, 245 cruises ago, that was my first <laughs> back in uh, August of 1990. Uh, it's a great ship, and uh, it's it's a great size ship to uh, sail to uh, Havana uh, to Cuba. And from what I've heard uh, from a number of people that, uh, I mean, they're having, they're having a great time. When these guests are taking Cuba cruises, whether it be Norwegian, Carnival, or Royal Caribbean, they're not just spending a day at the beach, are they? No. No, no, no. <laughs> and and that, that is a, uh, a total misconception. They, uh, the passengers, uh, one, you have, to, you have to, you know, the cruise lines get you uh, the visas. And the, uh, the U.S. government uh, requirement of uh, the cultural exchange, the people-to-people, I mean, the, the 12 steps, is absolutely mandatory. And uh, the cruise lines do provide the tours that satisfy these requirements, and they also provide the forms for you to self-certify. But uh, the Havana portion, the Cuba portion, is by no means a, uh, a time to just, you know, up, we're going to the beach. I mean, this is, uh, this is serious, and, uh, you know, you need to... You know, make sure that you know the proper paperwork is uh, filled out, and that uh, you know you do go according to the regulations. And you actually have to keep the paperwork for a period of years oh, wow. uh, in case uh, you have to prove uh, you know what it is that you did there. But uh, it's a, it's a wonderful cultural opportunity to be able to see Cuba as it is now um, before any you know future changes occur. Last but not least, Silver Sea. Just launched a new ship called the Silver Muse. Now, it was recently christened, and they're, they're coining this ship the most luxurious ship in the world. Why is that? <laughs> well, because uh, Region 7 Seas said that about Seven Seas Explorer, uh-huh. and Seaborn uh, said that about uh, Seaborn Encore. So, you know, this is the newest ship into the luxury market. And, you know, why not, uh, you know, claim that yours is the best? It's totally understandable. <laughs> How many passengers does the ship carry? 
Silver Muse is a 40,700-ton ship, and it holds 596 passengers. And believe it or not, they have 411 crews. So it's uh, it's a big ratio of uh, 68 to 1. Now, I'm just curious, because I could probably never afford to do this, but per person (laughs) per day, what are we talking about? Like Probably looking at uh, anywhere from 600 to maybe uh, $1,100 per person per day to just get on the ship. Now, was that butler service and all? And all. The only problem is they probably don't accept my type on there. Uh, Doug, you know what? I'm (laughs) sure for you they'd make an an exception. All right. We'll have to check that out. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thanks, Stuart. My pleasure. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Brad and his wife just returned from a seven-night Hawaii cruise on Norwegian Cruise Line's Pride of America. Brad joins us on the line right now. Hey, Brad. Hey, Doug, how you doing? Good. Now, when I say you just got back, you literally just got back like not even 48 hours ago, right? Yeah, I'm still in my PJs drinking a cup of coffee, <laughs> but I'm almost recovered. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I can't wait to hear all about uh, Pride of America. We, we had Ben on from Cruise Fever a few months ago, giving him and his wife's journey on it. So I can't wait to hear about yours. So before we get to the ship, give me your pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night Hawaii cruise? My wife and I try to, to get out on a cruise at least once a year. And, you know, we've done East Caribbean, West Caribbean, Mexican Riviera. We haven't done Alaska yet. And, and uh, we love the Caribbean, but we uh, fell in love with Hawaii years ago. And almost uh, 30 years ago in February, almost 30 years, we made our first trip to Hawaii on our honeymoon ah. to the island of Kauai. So we said, you know what, let's see if we can't go back and uh, check out Kauai, but we've never seen the other other islands other than Honolulu and Kauai. So we said, how about let's do that cruise and we get a little bit of everything. So that's kind of what led to it. And this is a very port-intensive itinerary, and we're going to talk all about that here in just a few minutes. Um, So you had to get from New Mexico over to Honolulu. Uh, Any pre-cruise stays? Yeah, actually, I stayed at uh, Luana Waikiki. Ah, nice. Um, 
Yeah, but the fly, as far as getting from New Mexico, we had to drive two and a half hours to El Paso. Then we fly to El Paso to Phoenix and Phoenix to Honolulu. So that part of it, there was no stops along the way. But once we got there, we spent the night at the Luana Waikiki. Cool. So uh, you make your way to board the Pride of America. Uh, how was the embarkation process for you over there in Honolulu? From the very beginning, this this cruise was a very different kind of a cruise. Uh, the embarkation we're used to getting there, you know, as soon as the, you know, the rooster starts to crow and the sun's not quite up and we're waiting for the gate to open. <laughs> you know, we got there. We were literally the first person standing in line to to check our luggage. And then it, everything started operating by Hawaii time. Okay. <laughs> and they tell you all the time, 15 Hawaii minute, minutes, which could be a day. It could be <laughs> 10 minutes. You never know. So uh, it was a, it was a little disconnected. But I think it was more because we just got there way too early. The ship literally does not leave port from Honolulu until 7 p.m. So you spend the whole first part of your day actually parked at port while you're doing a bunch of activities. So it was different. So once you got checked in, how long did it take you to get on board the ship? We got checked in. uh, Like I said, we were literally some of the first ones. We had to sit and wait till they started the board. It took them about... 45 minutes before they would uh, let us actually start to get on the ship. We had to sit sit and wait. They had lots of uh, Hawaiian entertainment going on. Once they started the boarding process, oh, it was 10 minutes and we were on board. So you cross the gangway, make your way onto the actual cruise ship. Where were your first impressions of Pride of America? I knew going in that this was going to be a very different ship. And it hit us right away. Um, the first thing you notice when you get onto Pride of America, if you're used to sailing on most other ships, you know, nowadays you walk onto a, the, across the gangway and go onto a ship, what do you see? You see a big, grandiose, huge lobby, you know, four, five, six stories and big chandeliers, right? But the Pride of America is a very small, intimate ship. It's literally you go on board in the, the main lobby area, the grand area, is maybe a couple stories. Yeah. It's all colonial decorated. There's no tropical feel. Uh, it's the pride of America. And so everything looks like it's from the colonies and American. And, uh, you know, you want to you want to salute the flag and say the pledge as soon as you get on board. And then you go to your stateroom. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you book and what were your thoughts of it? I booked an inside stateroom originally. I'm a travel planner and I actually had uh, earned this particular cruise. Mm-hmm. So that's where they put me. I tried to upgrade and the ship sells out so fast that I could not get upgraded. So inside staterooms, they're okay. You know, it was a typical inside stateroom. The only thing I would say about it was that the shower was really small, even for an inside stateroom. I mean, it was like, you know, keep your arms down to your side, almost feeling like you were showering. And But the room itself, beds were comfortable, plenty of room, lots of storage. One weird thing in ours was it was a inside stateroom that was... They put a berth in it so they could put three people in there. Mm-hmm. But the berth, most ships are built into the wall or built into the ceiling, right? Yeah. This one was like a big box that was mounted to the wall on the side, which basically almost eliminated your ability to get into the bed from that side. Oh. Hmm. So it was kind of, a, kind of a pain with that part of it, but uh, I got used to bending over before I went around the side of the, <laughs> of the bed. I didn't make a mistake. I wake up in the middle of the night and slap my head against it. So I guess I did good. But uh, all in all, it was fine. It was, a, it was a typical inside stateroom. It was nice. What deck were you on? We were on deck four, deck four. midship. Cool. Yeah. And actually, I'm not big on – because I don't get seasick on these ships. 
I've got a perfect record when it comes to deep sea fishing. I think I've been about six times and I've 100% been sick every time that I've gone. <laughs> but I never have gotten sick on a cruise ship. So I don't mind going higher decks. So I usually avoid the lower decks. But this time, actually, that uh, floor number four was great because it was it was one walk of flights. Um, we were literally right above the uh, gangway when we went into port. So we'd walk down one set of stairs and walk right out. And then we were one deck up. We went to uh, several of the, the dining areas and the, the main lobby area and everything. A lot of the theater and everything was right there. So literally, we didn't use the elevators very much. We, we would just walk to what we needed to do. It was usually one or two floors away. Before we get to dining, I want to ask you, uh, what is your seasickness tip? I'm just curious. You know what? I thought my wife was crazy. The first time I went, I had the prescription and I put the little patches on behind my ears and I was popping meclizine. The two tips I have, number one, if you're going to do like meclizine or a seasickness pill, another veteran cruiser taught me this, take it at night before you go to bed. Lots of times the motion that you feel is when you're laying down in the bed even more so. And so take it at night and then by the time it wears off the next day, I'm not having any effects. So, and then I'm not drowsy all day long. Um, and that works good for me. But those C-bands, I've learned to tout their effectiveness. I don't know how those crazy things work. The little, you know what I'm talking about? The little... The wrist thing. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I forgot them in my cabin one time on this trip when we were in the theater. And uh, it was really rocking and rolling that night. And I started to feel... Little something, but not. But I was like not sick yet. But I went. You know what? I don't have my bands on. I go grab them. As soon as I put them back on, I didn't feel anything the rest of the night. So those things seem to work. Cool. Let's talk about dining, and we'll start at the top at the uh, the buffet area. The buffet is the Aloha buffet. Good variety. Plenty of uh, open hours for availability. Of course, the free ice cream always makes it worth your trip. Of course. But um, we ate in there for several lunches and a couple of breakfasts. And had no complaints. It was a good variety of food. I think the only thing I got as far as food that was just not very enjoyable was actually in the main dining room. And my wife had one night in an upscale restaurant and it was the same dish. It was the mahi mahi. Mm -hmm. And uh, both times they just cooked it to death. It would literally just almost disintegrate on your plate and it would stick to your teeth. It was so dry. It was just terrible. But the food at the buffet was great, good variety, and and uh, can't complain. How about the main dining room? Besides the one incident you had, uh, how was the dining in there, in the service? We did get a couple of chances to eat there. Um, they have two main dining rooms. Back when Norwegian was, I forget what they, they named it. You remember when they were going to do that new dining plan, and they were converting the main dining rooms into multiple mm-hmm. different dining things, and it never did take off. It kind of failed before it ever got off the ground. Well, they split the dining room. It's a stairway up, and the upper one is a Liberty Room, and the lower one is Skyline. Skyline was more casual. You could go in there and, you know, no no swimsuits or anything, but but it was more casual. Upstairs, it was a, you know, it, was, it had a dress code in the Liberty Room. The Liberty was decorated very much, as I mentioned before, in the theme of colonial America. And then the downstairs, both of these were redone during the recent refurbishment on the Pride of America and very clean, very contemporary downstairs in the skyline. Both experiences were were excellent. Uh, we did fine. Other than the Mahi Mahi dish, we had no complaints about the food in the main dining rooms. Every time you say Liberty Room, I think of Liberty Tavern at Magic Kingdom. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it almost feels that way. I mean, yeah. it's that same colonial. Sometimes it was a little odd because you know you're on a cruise. You know you're going to tropical locations. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm in Boston. I mean, it's like it's just <laughs> I'm waiting to hear, you know, the, the British are coming and somebody flying down the hallways. But <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Now, uh, as far as entertainment, what did you think of the entertainment for Pride of America? The entertainment was was very good. The thing about the Pride of America that's very unique is that it feels like um, other cruise ships. It's got a lot of the same, you know, we're going to do a tribute to, they did a tribute to Frankie Valley, You know, they did a tribute to ABBA. They did the variety show the first night. They did a lot of the things you, you experience on pretty much all cruise ships. And yet at the same time, they're very much focused on doing a lot of things that are revealing the Hawaiian culture. You have two Hawaiian ambassadors on board who in the shows create the experience of Hawaii, talking about its tradition, teaching you about Hawaii, some of the activities during the day. So it was an interesting mix. One night it would be your typical show, and the next night it was a Polynesian aloha show mm-hmm. that was really about the culture of Hawaii. So, but the, but the entertainment was very, very good. Any comedians or musicians around the ship that you particularly cared for? Unfortunately, we saw the, the magician on board, mm-hmm. uh, Curtis Bach. He was phenomenal. He's one of the better ones I've seen. And he did some really, uh, he did a true Vegas style show with very big props, very big magical uh, stunts. Uh, We enjoyed that. Unfortunately, the night that the comedian was in the main show, we were ashore. And so, which we'll talk about here in a minute, which is very different with this particular cruise you park overnight in ports instead of being at sea. Mm-hmm. So that night we missed the comedian. So can't say anything about the comedian, uh, but the but the magician was excellent. And the music, the troupe, that is their hired troupe that does all the shows, were very, very good. And then the there was a band who did all the uh, Hawaiian music that was really excellent. Awesome. Now, uh, with this sailing, there wasn't, it was very, very port intensive. So pretty much sea days didn't exist. So we'll skip right to the port. So talk to us about what ports you hit and which one really stuck out to you. Well, first off, we'll kind of go through the itinerary. Uh, yeah, you, you leave Honolulu and there literally are no at sea days. Uh, you're at sea at night for a little while. But first we went to Maui, and here's what happens with with this particular cruise. Instead of having an at-sea day, we got to Maui, and we stayed Maui at Maui two days. We got in at wow. 8 a.m., and then we didn't leave until the next night at about 6 p.m. So you literally have two full days in Maui. Hmm. Two full days in Maui, then we went to the Hilo side of the Big Island, and then we went to the Kona side, which is the western side of the Big Island, and then we spent two days in Kauai. It's hard to say which was my favorite port because each one was so unique and there was something we had some of the coolest experiences that I, one of those those one and done kind of things on almost every stop. We were like, wow, we can't believe our luck to experience this. And each one was truly unique. Probably for me, though, was Maui. I finally broke down and got my scuba certification. Mm-hmm. And so I got to scuba dive the Molokini crater in Maui. And that was just a stunning experience. It was just an uh, unbelievable experience. And so I, I probably liked Maui the best, um, but that's just because of what I enjoyed with that. As far as your shore excursions, did you book them through Norwegian or did you use like third-party companies? Yeah. And as I mentioned before, I'm a travel planner, so I had a good mix of both. Okay. I did two excursions through Norwegian and then I booked uh, Roberts Hawaii is a big 
company there in Hawaii, and they offer like uh, you buy three tours and it's a combo price and you get to pick from a whole bunch of different cruises and they have a deluxe plan and all this. I did Roberts Hawaii for a three package. I did two through Norwegian and I did one directly on my own. That was the scuba one that I did through. Actually, I did it through uh, the Paddy diving site is where I found the company to do that. So I did a little bit of everything, which which was great. So uh, your cruise became full circle and you made your way back to Honolulu where it was time to disembark. How was that process for you? Disembarkation was a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's different. I don't know if you've, ex- you know, you've done a lot more cruising than I have, but uh, you know, normally it's the normal plan. Pretty much every ship, you get tags the night before in your stateroom, and it tells you this is your color, and this is they'll announce your color, and that's when you go to the gate, right? <laughs> well, with Pride of America, they leave you a note and say, "Go down to the guest services desk, pick out your color." Oh, boy. Put them on your bags. And then basically, it was more of a recommendation. Give me an example. I went down. I got my tags. My tags said 815. And I asked them. I said, so then at 815, do I have to wait until 815 and you'll call, you know, light uh, that we're now uh, um, disembarking light blue? And they said, no, actually, you can get off anytime you want. You can get off before. You can get off after. You can. We're just saying at 815. Is when you can expect to have your bags, and I said, "Well, then are you are you taking bags because it's weird? Because normally the bags just all show up right mm-hmm. overnight. So are you doing it in waves? Oh no, they'll probably all be there early. But we're just to recommend. And so it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was expecting pandemonium. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it ended up. It actually, I guess everybody was just typical cruisers. They were obeying the rules. Mm-hmm. When they waited till they heard blue and they got off, I didn't. I got off when it, there was the least amount of crowd and <laughs> and went down there. My bags are ready and off I went. <laughs> yeah. So but, this is a Hawaii cruise, so there is no customs, correct? Correct. And that, boy, the, talk about quick and smooth and bizarre. <laughs> so we literally, once, we, once they punched my card, took them about two minutes to punch my card, took me about four or five minutes to walk down the gangway to get to the terminal, walked out of the terminal. And uh, we were actually doing a, an excursion that day to kill time before our flight went out. We were doing a red eye out later that night. And the gal was just standing there. And there was no customs, no no check anything. Just walked up and she said, okay, go wait over there. We'll call you when your excursion's ready. It was like, oh, that's it. Made it very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any first-time tips you would offer someone who may be considering a Hawaii cruise? I think my biggest thing with Hawaii is that I encourage everybody, if you're going to do the Pride of America, which is very different than even Hawaiian cruises, most Hawaiian cruises go from stateside, travel across the ocean, you know, five days across, then hit the islands real quick like a normal cruise, and then five days back. This was very different. It was less about entertaining you, even though they had a lot of the same stuff, and it was more about immersing you into the Hawaiian culture. So the activities on board were Hawaiian and the stops in the port. If you're going to do Pride of America, you want to go in with an open mind, realizing this won't feel like any cruise you've been on before, most likely, and it's going to be very much about the ports. Like I mentioned, for example, with Maui, because we stayed overnight, you can get off the ship 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You can get off anytime, go ashore. It's basically a floating hotel. We were able to get off at five o'clock in the morning to take a taxi across the island to the harbor where we were going to dive from. 
And we got off the boat at five o'clock in the morning. And then the first night in Kauai, we didn't get off for an excursion. We did a a full-blown luau that night. So we got off at three in the afternoon and and didn't even get back to the ship until 10 o'clock. And it was a very unique feeling because usually you're worried and you're rushing to get back to the boat. But there was no rush because the boat wasn't going anywhere. And so if you're going to do this cruise, go into it with a mindset. I'm going to do excursions. I'm going to experience the culture. I'm going to get into it because Hilo was totally um, volcanic. We actually saw the day before we got there, there had been a volcanic event at the main volcano. So there was actually uh, a bursting lava. We got to see it. There was lava flow into the ocean. Then the next day you're in Kona, the other side of the island where it's hot and the diving's incredible. And the next day you're in Kauai and it's the forest and the jungle and Maui. It's, you know, typical Hawaii with the nightlife and soft beaches. Every port you stopped in was so totally different. So take advantage of those times in the port and the extra time that you have and really immerse yourself into the Hawaiian experience. Great advice. Uh, in closing here, Brad, final thoughts of Pride of America. I don't know how to say it other than what I've already mentioned. It's so different. At first, it kind of caught me off guard because I feel like, okay, I'm in Hawaii. You know, it's tropical. It's like my Caribbean cruises. And and so I should be here and steal drums and I should be experiencing the typical, you know, Caribbean feel around the ship. And it's not. It's, it's very much America and it's very much Hawaii. It's about the culture. Uh, but once I got over that uni- that first unique kind of shock of it wasn't a typical cruise, I love the Pride of America. If you want to do a cruise that is going to be a very unique one-off type of a cruise, whether you're never going to do anything quite like that again, it is an expensive ship because it does not leave the U.S., so it has to follow U.S. labor laws. And so everything on that ship is more expensive to run. And so it is not a cheap cruise but I'll tell you what, I don't think anybody, unless you, you just were experiencing, wanting to experience exact same cruise experience you've done before, I don't think anybody that take this cruise would get off and say, yeah, I didn't enjoy that at all. It's so unique and it's so different. Don't miss this opportunity. It's a great cruise. Brad just gave his review of a seven-night cruise out of Hawaii on Norwegian Cruise Line's Pride of America. Brad, good talking to you again, my friend. Have a good one. You too, Doug. Take care. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.